0: What a season for our community, for so many to get unwell at the same time. A bit funny. Anyways, praise you, Lord. We do have um, a lot of testimony at the moment of the Lord and what he's doing. Ruth, I think your family has a very big testimony this week in your wider family, Bethia, Brett. Do you want to just come share a,
1: what's been happening? This is Ruth. Hello. Hey everybody. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I went home last week to Albany to spend time with my sister because my brother-in-law was dying. And um, he was told a few weeks ago, you've only got a few weeks to live. You can't live with the amount of cancer that is in your body. And um, he also had like a septic ulcer. No, an ulcer that had bored its way from his stomach to his outside um, that was leaking the contents of his stomach. And they said it's only just a matter of time before that goes septic and that will take you out. So I went home to be with my sister. So she had time away with her family. They went to a a bucket list kind of place and had three days of quiet and the girls came home and they're spending their goodbye time with Dad. And in the time that I was there, all his friends and church friends, friends from uni, friends from school, they were coming from all over the state to come and say goodbye to him. And um, so I would just spend time with my sister. We just did jobs because that's what you do when you when you can't deal with what's going on in your head. You kind of it helps to to clean out the linen cupboard. So <laughs> well, it does for us anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, during that time, the hospital rang and said, because you're in palliative now, because we're now not trying to cure you, we're not sending nurses to you to dress wounds, we're not looking after you, um, you can now be um, considered for a trial drug that there is immunotherapy and it may work wonders, it may give you life. So he came up to Perth and they did scans on him to find out where they would biopsy ...to qualify him for this thing. And they couldn't find any cancer. And it had been all over him. In the PET scan, it had been like, like city lights. You know, because it lights up where the cancer is. And he had a big tumour on this part of his back. And in their church... ...they go to a little Anglican church. In their church there were about seven doctors. And when, when they'd read his, his condition, they said... Oh, that's going to be really painful. And at church that night, they prayed for him. And the pain left. And in the subsequent scan, that tumour's gone. So, and this little oozing thing, (laughs) this thing that could have gone septic, has just made a neat little tunnel like your pierced ears, you know. It's just sealed off. It's just been just neatly... (laughs) operating there it just healed and and it's it's gradually closing over so that there's hardly any weeping from it so he's just being healed and the interesting thing about it is that when Andrew told that he was it was told that he was going to die he said pray for healing for me I'd love you to do that but I am going to prepare myself to die because it's that awful thing where if you're hanging on I've got to live and you don't kind of get ready to die because you're busy ...about living and, and he decided that the way he'd tackle it would be... ...I'm preparing myself to die. So I just find it really interesting that it's, um, it's not a signs and wonders church. It's a bunch of believers in the country and they... ...and that's a, it's a good, sure belief. But to me, it tells me that there's no formula to this. It's God's grace. It is God's grace if anyone is healed and he has just wowed everybody so... Praise him.
0: (laughs) Amazing. We celebrate that um, with you and for your sister and her family because that wasn't even a misdiagnosis. This has been going on for months and, you know, it's been a long, horrible cancer journey. So it's amazing. So, Lord, we just thank you for more and more of that, for more people in our community. We just thank you for anyone who is even here with a health journey, Lord. We just come under that same testimony in the name of jesus we thank you for complete full health in all of our families with all of our stories lord of everyone sitting here or family members or neighbors that we know at home lord we're just asking for the breakthroughs we thank you that nothing is hopeless lord all the way through we thank you lord this was this was Eleventh and a half hour, Lord, for Andrew. This was coming up to the, to the end, days, weeks out. And we thank you, Lord, that you're still on the throne, that your mighty right arm is not too short, that when we ask for help, you send help from Zion. Lord, we just thank you for help in the areas of health stories in particular in this community. And we just thank you for the continued breakthroughs, Lord, for, for, for Andrew and Andrea down there, Lord. We just pray that you would recover what's been lost even in a trauma season, Lord, a long trauma season, even emotionally for that family. Father, we just pray that you would just rec- they would recover all in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen beautiful testimonies. Thank you. Well, this week it's our Life Hub Gatherings Week. If you're not um, part of an intentional Life Hub, which is kind of our, our home group setup in this community, you can uh, see Lindley, my mum, at the end at the info table. We'd love to, to tuck you in. Um, as a family, they're sort of a, mainly a fortnightly get-together of usually dinners and things like that. It would just be amazing to tuck you in, but just look out for that in your Life Hubs if it's uh, that week. And just a reminder that, that twice a week we have prayer on-site here here prayer gatherings so monday evening friday lunch so monday evening friday lunch it would just be awesome um to have any any more that are involved with that we've got prayer shepherds that really just coach that time and um it's a great place to learn it's a great place to grow in confidence praying aloud and the lord is doing great things in our community from from those times these times really matter so um those have been exciting to, to hear of the traction in that area. So it's a beautiful new season in prayer for our community. So you're probably wanting to know a little bit more about Lilith Haven, starting times, things like that. We were um, telling you that really in order to get to a start, we need 130000 and it was only some weeks ago that we said that. The bigger part of that money has come in from within this community there's some funds that's come from outside. One in particular, a big business one, but um, it's been really well funded from you in tiny, medium, big ways, and we got 148,933. <laughs> so we are 18 and a half thousand past the 130 mark we needed. Remember when Jennifer Evers who was here two, three weeks ago, and she's like, whew, that's big, but all right, come on yep, that's great and we've we've gone past it. and that is so exciting. so just huge congrats, um, huge thanks. It just feels like that also tipped us into a bit more corporate ownership like it really feels like this has become ours, not become something that a part of a, the team are doing um, that are on staff here on site, but it's a it's just felt like it was the ownership. We thought you were right there, but when that happened, it's like, no, literally they are exactly where we thought, which is right next to us. So that's been just really, really exciting. So if you look at the picture of the bar chart, um, it was uh, the orange was what we already had, and then um, the the grayish beigey thing, the bit next to it is participant fees because they'll be paying a little bit out of um, a lot as much as they can out of their Centrelink and things like that. The brown next to that was where we were and um, also what we anticipate with partnerships and donations over this next year. Also with some history with, so Souls, Servants of United Love is the entity that Lilia Haven's under. It's been going for years. There's a, we've a board and all of that. And just with um, donations that come in every year and grants that we can go for, we knew that that amount can be covered. The next little bit with little green writing was the 130 we needed in order to open. We needed to get to 853000 to have set up fees plus our first year covered. So that means we've got a lean amount of staff, at least one on deck at all times and a lean program, we maybe don't have enough to have all art supplies and art therapy or different things in the program but we've got enough to do this so that's the zone that we're in which is amazing the one that was at the end was if there was another 170 on top of that 130 which we're already 18 into, that's where we can have um, full staff, that's where we can have a couple of people on shift so someone's a shift worker and someone's able to write case management notes And things like that. So, you kind of want to have a little bit stronger um, shift team. That's where we can have a full program. That's where we can get a bit more buxom. So, we're just going to keep going. But just so you know, the 1.30 happened, which means we are opening. So, it's really exciting. So if you do know of anyone, like we just had a phone call today because someone had a conversation with someone else who said we're just moving into a season of our lives where we can become givers, you know, and so they've directed them to us. So just keep in your conversations. If you know someone who's wanting to or feel called to go into the kingdom in that way, we we would love to get that last 170 so we can up our staff, have receptionist, things like that um, here. But um, so as of tomorrow, we're going to be officially operational. I'll explain what that means. (laughs) But as of tomorrow, we're classified as operational, That means we'll start putting up our assessment link online on our website. That means people can apply um, through that way. We've already had various people who've heard about it sending emails. We've actually had quite a few already who are interested in coming in as participants. Esther and I met with the first one on Friday um, and their family member that came with them and that's the first time that I've been able to sit in and be part of that. Um, It's obviously uh, what Esther has done for years. But it was such an honour to sit with someone's first time um, hoping to to come into something long term. She's like, it needs to be long term. Uh, she was so excited about the possibilities. And that was a special day for me, Friday. It was, um, it's been a long season of admin and, and planning and decor and doing things with, with knowing the vision only in my head. But Friday, I got to taste. This is a life that possibly will sit in front of me in a few weeks' time and be in this program. And this is one of the ones we'll fight for, possibly. So that was, um, you know, there's stage two of the assessment intake to go with her. But it was, it was a marker day for me. And um, so we really are at that stage. So literally, the next fortnight will involve women being interviewed to be participants. We're not calling them um, anything else but participants. It's the most honouring thing, and they are very much participate in their own journey, which they're not being rescued, as you know. So um, just so if we use the word participant, it's someone that's in the programme. And so, yeah, it was lovely to meet a possible first one. So the link will go up. Um, um, we'll let even local churches know and... and Two Sunday's time, we're going to have a dedication service for the property. We'll do another walkthrough, and you get to see um, all the rooms and what we've done so far. So that's two Sunday's time, a dedication ceremony, and then literally the following week, um, we'll start opening bedrooms and women will start arriving. So middle of June, we'll start opening the doors. And even if it's, you know, just... Our clunky pioneer first few months. You know, sometimes you move house and you move in, and the first week you kind of have takeaways while you're still unpacking. It might just be a little bit of that. But um, you know, even the lady said on Friday she's really excited to actually be part of something in its pioneer stage, which was really sweet. She didn't comment that a tractor's driving past while she's in an interview and that things are still being built. She was like, Do I get to be part of the pioneer stage? That's really exciting. So that was precious. But um, So that means in three Sundays' time, we'll be sitting here with women living there. That's how close we are. So that's really exciting. So um, in the next fortnight, if you're someone who's like, you know what, if I ever have volunteering time available, I'll just block in this fortnight, that's where I'll really give a whack. That would be amazing. We've got quite a few little internal and out outside spaces to do. Um Because we're operational as of tomorrow, it is that we are in the top category of the government mandates. And so it really is that if you're unvaccinated, you can only volunteer one day a week. But if you've got a medical exemption or you're vaccinated, you can come multiple days a week. So know that that's in play from tomorrow onwards. But um, we will take anything you've got time-wise, hands-wise. Even if you're not very mobile, I'm sure you can um, just unpack plates things like that from a box, sitting on a chair. So we will take anyone and everyone (laughs) for the next two weeks. Two weeks Saturday, we'll put an event out this week for it. It will be the 11th of June. Uh, We have 30 to 50 students arriving on that Saturday from a local school who want to come and do a big busy bee and get the property going. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? So we're going to open that up to you then, the whole church, and just do a busy bee on the Saturday the 11th and that will be the last weekend before we open so it'll be really push with the gardens with painting outsides of rooms things like that as many hands on deck on that saturday but we'll put that event up this next week and then yeah one of the days during the following week the bedrooms will start to be filled so that's really exciting we've got all the ensemble beds they're all in there um, rockingham bedshed someone in this community went to them and asked them if they're interested, and they gave them all at cost price And then people in this community went, and we'll pay the cost price. So we got them all for free and delivered. They all arrived. Isn't that amazing? It's been miracles like that at every turn. So we know we're in the right timing and we know we're doing the right thing and that some of the nerves that come with it are normal. Uh, We're just being brave and giving our loaves and fishes, and the rest is being supplied. So it's just really exciting. So thank you for everything and all of your support and your interest. It's been really exciting. (sighs) In all of that... We do then have another little event, event I say, but I'm not sure it's the right word. But on the 3rd of July, a few weeks after we open the Lear Haven, Jennifer Evaz is coming back through Perth because she's also got more conferences on the East Coast. And we're going to do both a morning and an evening service on the 3rd of July. Okay, so the evening will be $20 again and you'll need to book a seat. The morning, it sounds weird for a Sunday morning, but you're going to also have to book a seat, but it's free. But you've got to book a seat because we're actually going to open it to the public in the morning. Like, but which we didn't do last time, so it will be full if you were here that evening it was packed so just know we anticipate both being packed so if on the 3rd of July you're open to helping we'll need teams again helpers um, all sorts of practical help when you run an event um, if you're available to be on team that day but just know you'll need to book for both services and we'll get that information to you soon but that's pretty exciting isn't it Um, we just felt that was such a booster in all things spiritual All right, well, I kind of did a longer one there, sorry, boss, Um, but would you just welcome our senior pastor, Brad, and...
2: Very exciting. So again, uh, just a reminder as well with donations, they are all tax deductible, so if you are a small business owner, or a large business owner, um, but if you're kind of... In a position where you would make decisions around uh, finances and that sort of stuff um, or go to your boss at your work and say hey you want to so the, really the reality is when it comes to that stuff so we could give our money to the government or we could give it uh, into a kingdom project and so I know what I would always choose so so do that um pay your taxes <laughs> give to the thing but they they set it up that way okay it's the government's way of doing things that they're like hey if you give to these charities we uh you can take it off your tax so it's all about board um uh and uh, the other thing i was going to say yeah so on the point of with uh, vaccination status if you are unvaccinated and you have had covid uh, you can get an exemption from uh from needing to be vaccinated for four months so if you'd registered if you had took one of those rat RAT, it was, it's, a, it's not a rat test, because that would be a rapid antigen test test. It's a rat, yeah. You got a rat. Uh, you had a rat, uh, and you lodged it with the government, got a text message. But if you go see your local GP, and uh, they can give you an exemption. Um, so if, you're, if that's something, then you're like, hey, I could volunteer, give more hours then into, into Lily Haven. So uh, that is something else to consider. Amen? Awesome. We are in uh, an upgrade season. Amen? So whatever we think we've landed at, where there's a whole nother level that God is taking us to. Um, interestingly, even as we talk about uh, uh, upgrades and, and the title of this morning's message is Activating Your Upgrade. Um, really, I mean, the whole dream of Lily Haven was, was a faith journey. It was a prophetic journey and it was something where we had to actually start activating the reality of something before it was anywhere near being a reality in the natural. Uh, I mean, literally to up until a couple of months ago, after years of carrying this word, stewarding this word, uh, coming in, I mean, this whole moving to this property was really a lot around what was happening in the transformation center space and God's calling on us, but it was all just, the, okay, Lord, we'll take that next step of faith. Uh, we're not seeing the fruit, but we're taking a step of faith, and we kept doing that and doing that, and now we're finally seeing. So it's, it's a huge thing to, to have stewarded that by faith and seeing then God's provision in God's timing to actually fulfill that, but it requires Steps of activation. It requires us doing things, not just saying, okay, God, when you do it, then we'll be there ready for it. Uh, God's like, no, you've actually got to start doing some of those things, moving towards it, and then you'll see the upgrade come. So we are in in an upgrade season, so it was really a word that Jennifer Ives brought, uh, and then kind of Marika built on that, and then uh, I've been building on that the last couple of weeks. So the last time I spoke, we talked about the idea of the threshing floor, which is on one side of the threshold, which is what you cross over into, and I guess using the imagery of into the upgrade, into the new season that we're in. On the threshing floor, it is the separation as the preparation uh, before you step into Uh, that next kind of season. So if you haven't um, listened to my sermon from a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago now, um, please jump online. Uh, it's on youtube it 's on spotify it 's on Apple Podcasts. you can get it everywhere you go. Uh, one thing I would encourage you if you're maybe new to this community or maybe you've been here for a long time. the messages that we speak don't tend to just be randomly uh you know picked up from somewhere it it follows what we feel like God is saying to us as a community, so if you miss a week, the content that is contained in what is shared might be might be probably will be very valuable to you to know hey this is how we're tracking as a community with what God is saying so please I encourage you to find time to to do that so there is a reality that that threshing that separating of the you know the grain from the stalk that the Lord is it got us all really in a in a place where he's just saying there's some things that are of the old that you need to leave behind in order for you to step into the new amen And then from that time, we go through that threshing process, that separating process. But then we've got this threshold to cross over this new season, this upgrade season. But there are things we need to do to activate the upgrade. Amen? All right, so I shared with you last week from Luke 10. This is where Jesus sends out the 72 disciples. So a group of disciples, not just the 12, a large group of disciples, uh, not yet, um, uh, a large group of disciples were journeying along with Jesus And they'd been seeing all of the things that he'd been doing, all of the miracles that he'd been performing, miracles of healing, miracles of provision, amazing and wondrous things that they're seeing through the hands of their rabbi that they're following. Then it comes to this point in Luke chapter 10, where Jesus says, now now I want you to go out and start doing some of the things that you've seen me doing. So he sends them out. He's like, don't take any provision with you, which is kind of some of what I shared last week. Leave the old ways of provision behind and find new provision in this way of going out. Okay. Um, So that was, I think, really important. After that uh, time, they obviously return and they share their experience with Jesus. But I wanted to point out firstly in Luke chapter 10, it talks about Jesus appointed them and sent them out. So this word appointed... Again, you know, sometimes when you read a scripture and you've, I've read Luke 10 so many times, okay? Because it's kind of a missional, apostolic kind of little passage. So I've preached on it lots of times, talked about it, read it so many times. And that word appointed, you just go, oh yeah, the Lord appointed them. And you just kind of scroll over those words. But as I'm preparing, I say, appointed, what does that actually mean when he appointed them? Because we're going to say, hey, hey, you guys, you know, one, two, three, you go over there, you know, just did he, was it random or he actually appointed them, which means to proclaim anyone as elected to office or to announce as appointed a king or a general, so someone into a place of authority, is to lift up anything on high and exhibit it for all to behold. That's what the Greek word means, to appoint So when Jesus appointed the 72, he is lifting them up on high as an exhibit for all to behold. He's he's putting them into an elected, like a governmental office that he's putting them into. This wasn't an insignificant thing that he did. He appointed them into this particular role to then go and fulfill what he had called them to do. So, we understand when, when Jesus talking about, when we're talking about an upgrade, when Jesus has appointed you for something, it's a significant thing. He's not just saying, hey, here's some options that I've laid out for you, and you kind of decide, choose your own adventure where you want to go in your life. What he does is he appoints you, then he anoints you. Okay? So, whatever he appoints you to do, he anoints you for that process. Whatever Jesus appoints, he also anoints, amen? So he gives you everything you need to actually walk in it, but your identity shifts in that appointment. You go from being at this level, and then he raises you up to a new level. So now all of a sudden, I'm not looking at a role and saying, I can't do that. I don't have the authority. I don't have the power. I don't have what's needed for that. In the appointment, you receive everything that you need. So when Jesus appointed them, it was a supernatural transaction that happened in that moment where they were now able to go and do all of the things that he could do. Why don't you say to yourself, if Jesus has appointed me, then Jesus has anointed me. Amen. Write that on your heart. If Jesus has appointed me, it means he's also anointed me. He's given me everything that I need in order to fulfill the appointment that he has given to me. Amen. Jesus has given them everything they need to fulfill what he had called them to do. They'd never done the things that Jesus had told them to do. They'd seen him do it. They'd seen the miracles. They'd seen the provision. They'd seen all of the wondrous things. Some of them saw him walking on water. Amazing stuff. But the activation of their appointment was realized as they obeyed the word of the Lord. And when I say, when I use the phrase, the word of the Lord, I'm talking about the scriptures, but I'm also talking about whatever God's saying. A prophetic word is the word of the Lord. It's God speaking to you. So God is saying, here's who you are. I've positioned you into a new level of authority, a new level of government. You've become an elected official in the kingdom that can now, is now anointed to do all of the things that I can do. Even as Jesus would proclaim in the temple, you know, the Lord has anointed me, to do amazing, wondrous things. I can't remember the exact quotation of the scripture. You know, heal the brokenhearted, bind up the brokenhearted, all that sort of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Someone help me out, please, anyone? Yeah, just chat amongst yourselves. It's not in my notes, so there we go. I shouldn't have veered off track. Um So they obeyed the word of God, but it was actually in them then saying, so Jesus says, this is what I want you to do. Then they went out and did it. And then the disciples return in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, and they're rejoicing at what they saw happen through their hands. They're like, this is amazing. You would not believe it, Jesus. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to, to us, In your name. Not just even the demons are subject to you, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority. Very important. He's given us authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So the first part of this is they have been appointed and anointed, then they've actually had to go out and activate this reality. So this again, to understand, this was the activation of their destiny. Because they were going to go on from that point for many, many, many years doing the same things that Jesus had told them in that moment. To go out into every town. That's the promise that Jesus says to the disciples, Do not leave Jerusalem, this is in in Acts, do not leave Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit has come upon you in power. Then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay. So this is the preparation time for what will be a greater measure of their destiny to carry the reality of the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth. This is the first step for them, the first time. But they had to actually go out and do something about it. He didn't just say, hey, one day... 72 people, yeah, I'm, I'm appointing you now. And one day, you're gonna do these things. It's actually now is the time you're gonna activate your destiny. You're gonna start stepping out in these areas and you're gonna learn, hey, I actually have been appointed because I'm seeing the fruit that comes from my hands. But there's even greater measure that's gonna come out in the future. But I wanna just also pull out this last bit. He says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Don't rejoice in the fact that you have authority over over. Satan you have power over the enemy don't rejoice that demons flee at at the uh, at the sound of your voice but re, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you but rejoice that your names are written in heaven and this is again a really really key point if we're looking towards our upgrade and if our identity is connected in some way to the upgrade we're going to we're going to miss it we're going to go off course it's so important that we find our grounding, not in what our hands can do, not what comes from our hands, but what's written on our heart. And that's a fixed identity, that you are a child of God, that you are the beloved of God, that you are, you're loved by Him, that nothing can change that. All of your identity in Christ, again, is important that it's rooted and grounded in that and not in what God is gonna use me for one day. Your identity in Christ will inform you and sustain your ministry for Christ. Your identity in Christ will sustain your ministry for Christ and it will inform your ministry for Christ. So again, don't go looking, oh, one day I'll be significant because I'll I'll be in the upgrade season. One day people will finally acknowledge me because I'll be in this upgrade season. They'll finally see me because I'll now be visible and public in some way. If you're looking for your identity in in what God is going to appoint you to do, it's a very, very dangerous thing to be looking for and longing for. Find your security in the nothingness. Find your your identity in just, in the normality, in the mundaneness of life. Because that's where Jesus is. He is present all the time, loving on you. He's not, I mean, the Holy Spirit and the power of God might flow through you when you're in an upgrade season. You might see that, but it starts in the small. It starts in the now. Chatting to friends last night, you know, we talked about sometimes when it comes to um, you know, when we gather together as the church, and if you've got a guest speaker coming in, there's that sense of excitement and anticipation, like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. And, and you're so excited, you're so revved up, and you're like, man, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there early, I'm going to be in the prayer time, it's going to be great. And I'm looking out, what are you going to do, Holy Spirit? And then that's a great time together. And the next week, the expectation all of a sudden vanishes for some reason. Because apparently, that same Holy Spirit. That raised Christ from the dead, <laughs> that apparently is promised is in me, is actually only in that person. So when they come, oh, Holy Spirit's here now. And, uh, and we, can, we can have that expectation. But how often is actually, I wonder if our expectation levels were the same all the time. Like literally if your expectation for miracles was the same when you woke up as when you had some healing evangelist come through. That you might, we might actually see more miracles happen. We might see more of an outpouring. And I totally get it. Sometimes you just need that rev up, you need that G up, you need to that kind of time where just God shows up in an awesome way. But again, an orphan heart will wait for the rain when when but a a child of God will understand that there's a wellspring in them. Okay. So that's oftentimes what we do is like, God, make it rain. Would you make it rain, Lord? Would you just come and fill the atmosphere with your presence? And it's, the, it's a wonderful thing. Like, you, you're not going to say, oh, that's a bad thing. You shouldn't invite, want the presence of God to come. No, of course it's wonderful. But it becomes less wonderful when I'm ignoring the reality of the presence of God in me and longing for him to come up and show up around me. Do you understand? That's an orphan heart that says, "Come, would you come, Lord, please, I need you. Versus a child that says, God, you are in me. We've become one. The Bible says that our spirit and the Holy Spirit have been come into oneness we've been married to the spirit of God supernaturally but how often sometimes we can ignore the fact that we are the temple of God we want him to fill this temple when he said but I've made you my temple this is not in the notes but I feel that's really important all right so the threshing floor is often a hidden place the other side of the threshold is a public place. And this is, it's really important. We can't wait for people to acknowledge who we are before we start becoming who we're called to be. And this is something um, I was pondering the other day where I've had prof- lots of prophetic words spoken over me and, uh, and you know, significant ones and they're really powerful, but they talk about things that I'm like, man, that's way beyond what I would expect. That's way beyond what I would kind of think is, is possible. And you, and you live in this place where you've got to then go, well, what part of, of that prophetic word, if, it's, if I actually believe that it's true and you might do that, I don't know how you're going to do that, but do I need to wait for other people to acknowledge that that's true before I start stepping into that reality? And uh, I tend to be more of that person where um, I respond to need. Like I like responding to need. And this is, I mean, when I think about being a parent, it's like if my children come to me with need, I like to meet their needs. But for me, there's also a, a learning journey to say, and, but how do I meet the needs that they don't know that they have? You've got to be kind of proactive in doing that, saying, hey, actually, here's something that I know you need that you don't realize that you need yet. So for me, it's, I, I just find myself can get stuck in this place. And it's like, well, when, when I start getting invited to places, then I'll start, you know, speaking more or writing more or doing those things if when there's a whole crowd of people like i've had lots of prophetic words from lots of different prophets who don't know each other and don't really know me about writing books i'm like that's great so when when people you know start saying when a publisher rings me up and say brad would like you write write a book and then i say awesome i'll start writing my book uh the reality is it's just probably not going to happen but starting to Practice writing and and putting some things, starting to activate that is actually probably what's going to open the door. But I tend to kind of be that person. When it comes to being, you know, an apostolic leader, I've had prophetic words about being a father to the nation and many nations. And I'm like, wow, that's so huge, so phenomenal. I can't see how you would make that happen. But I had this word that I felt like God say to me as I was driving in the car and pondering these things. He says, and it was, I don't need people to see me in order for me to be me. I feel that's really important. You don't need people to see you in order for you to be you. And I mean prophetically see you. You don't need people to see your destiny and the calling upon your life in order for you to start to activate that and step into that destiny reality. You've got to to steward that word. Don't expect other people to steward the prophetic word that God gave to you to carry. He gave you the seed. Someone else can't plant the seed that God has given to you. Amen? All right. So it's not arrogance to acknowledge who God says that you are because God's saying it if God says it, it's like well I've got to take him out of his word and and receive that look you you can people can be arrogant we can be arrogant we can be prideful we can find our identity in 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 all of that sort of stuff so that's a separate heart issue you need to deal with but false humility will keep you from stepping into your destiny because it'll prevent you from activating actually going beyond how people see you now because you'll stay, I'll just stay where people see me right now. And we have a culture, Australian culture is that whole tall poppy syndrome thing, keeping people low, keeping people really less than what they are. That danger, if I stick my head up, it's going to get chopped off by someone. So there's going to be ridicule. Now, again, I'm not saying that. I'm going to start ringing up churches and saying, uh, excuse me, hi, my name is Brad Joss. I'm a, I'm a father to the nations and to many nations, the, the, this, this nation. So I'm just, yeah, just wondering how I can, uh, how, how I can help um, that's not what I'm saying. Baby steps, you know, I'm not going to ring up, you know, some publishing company. Hi, it's Brad Joss here. Oh, you don't know me. Oh, you should. God's told me to write books. So I'm guessing, you, you know, surprised you haven't called me. I'm just, I'm just checking you don't have my wrong email. Maybe it's been going to junk mail. Haven't, I haven't missed it. I got a missed call the other day. Was that from you? Um... You know, you've you got this giant leap that you're trying to step into. We're saying, what's that first step that we can do to start to activate our destiny? But if we start going, oh, what if then someone's, oh, you're not that, you need to... If, if that's the kind of people you're surrounded by, you might need to change your friends. You need to be surrounded by people that are going to say, I see the gold in you. And you know what? There's a journey you need to walk through. There's still, there's always stuff that needs to be chipped off. That's why, again, the preparation comes before. That's the separation. The preparation becomes before the activation. But you can't just say, just stay in a preparation season forever. The threshing's happened, the grain, the wonderful stuff is there, and then you're just going to sit it there and let it rot. No, now I actually have to step in and activate some of that reality. And we have to step in by faith. Faith sees what God sees before we see it. That's the point of faith. It's, it's, It's almost like seeing the unseeable realm. Because when God's, and this is, I mean, even like the $130,000 I said, when I got up and I shared that, and we would already kind of talked about it. But when Jennifer was was there, I I didn't really think that much about it. And it was only when she was like, well, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, you're you're American, like mega churches. Like this is surely not a big deal. But she's like, that's a big amount of money. It's like, okay, I think I have a gift of faith here. (laughs) Because the gift of faith sees mountains as molehills. Like it just looks like, that's not a big deal. Everyone else sees the mountain and you're like, ah, it's whatever, it's you know, it's, it's a little thing. And so when you have that word from God and, you, and then again activating, well, Lord, you said it, so you're gonna do it. But I now, now I need to start living as though that unseen thing is a reality. But we can't wait for it to happen before we start to realize that it's a reality. So here's some examples. God tells me that I'm gonna be wealthy So that I can bless others and support the expansion of the kingdom. Wow, God, I've got these prophetic words, lots of prophetic words around this. Okay, so do I start spending like I'm rich? (laughs) Or do I start sowing like I'm rich? Yeah? God says, I'm going to make you wealthy. You're going to bless the the kingdom of God. You're going to see expansion and you're going to fund the work of my hand on the earth. I'm going to be rich. Awesome, I Lamborghini, Ferrari, which one? Because you know, you know, we can start to think like, oh, I've got, I'll have more to spend then because of course God will bless me in those ways, but also help me to be generous. It's, well, no, if that's what you're gonna do, how do I activate that word? Because again, God, God might say you're gonna be rich and then you become rich and then your heart's not in the right place and you just become rich and you don't invest anything into the kingdom. That's the danger. And that's possibly why God doesn't make certain people rich because he knows it will consume them. But if you want to prove that word and you want to prepare your heart, don't think about what you're going to spend. Think about how, what am I going to start sowing into? And with my little, with the mustard seed of faith, what am I going to start sowing into? You know, God tells me I'm going to preach to the nations. Do I wait until I start getting invitations to the nations or do I start sharing the gospel with my neighbours? You're going to preach the gospel to the nations. If you, why would God send you to the nations if you're not even willing to go to your neighbours? Okay, so that's the activation comes. Well, I'm going to go to my neighbors and then God will send me to the nations. God tells me I'm going to have a healing ministry. Do I start then waiting until I know that people will be healed when I pray for them? Or do I start praying until I start seeing people healed? Again, even great healing evangelists around the nations, you hear their stories, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that they pray for with seeing zero result. They've got the word of the Lord, what he says, they start activating the unseen realm by faith and start stepping out saying, well, I'm just gonna do it until you show up, Lord. I'm just gonna start activating it until the reality comes into being. Because when you think about it, you you don't wait until the fruit comes on a plant before you plant the seeds. It doesn't work that way, does it? God gives seed, you plant the seed, it produces a plant which produces fruit that you get to then consume. But we can sometimes get caught up in this, okay, I'll wait till the full grown mature plant that's fruiting before I plant the seed that's gonna produce that very thing. Doesn't work that way. We can get trapped in the thinking that we need to see the fruit before we start planting the seeds. It's seed first and then fruit after a season. The sooner you sow, the sooner you'll reap. So again, the sooner you start activating your destiny, activating the upgrade, the sooner you're actually gonna see that reality come to pass. And again, I'm not talking about just whatever your heart's desires are, whatever you think you want to do. I'm talking about when God speaks to you and says, this is what I've appointed you to do. Uh, Then the, the question is, Lord, what is the first step that I can take to start to see that activation? Amen? So there's some things we need to do to activate the upgrade. Okay, there's some tips for you. The first is what we talked about last time. You need to leave the old behind. You need to leave anything that's going to actually diminish you or hold you back from stepping across the threshold into your new season, into that upgrade, okay? Old ways of thinking, old ways of behaving, whatever it is, if you need more information, go listen to my sermon from two weeks ago. We need to leave the old behind, okay? Then you need to lean into the upgrade. You need to put your shoulder to the plow in some way. Do something that's gonna start to begin to activate in that new way. So I share that example to say, well, God, if you want to open up supernatural provision, where do you want me to start to sow, to see that supernatural provision come about? Okay, so I'm going to start to lean in. And I was, even as I was picturing it, it's almost if you imagine that threshold being a doorway, you start to get your head into the new season. My whole body's not, I'm I'm not ready to fully cross over into that upgrade, but I got my head in the game. I got my head in that upgrade space. And that's the third point. You need to learn into the upgrade because there'll be mindsets that need to shift that will again, hold you back from stepping into that upgrade. So find out what are the books? That was the question, again, as Lisa and I were talking with Geneva's about the supernatural provision. I was like, do you have some books and things like that? So she sent me through three books. I've just started reading. It's like, well, I need, to, I need to get out of an old way of thinking and into a new way of thinking, okay? So I need to not just lean in and start moving towards that. I actually start, need to start transforming my mind because it's incredibly important that our minds are renewed, okay? And as we start to follow that, we'll start to step in and we'll start to live in the upgrade. I need to live as though that is a reality. So I'm gonna spend my money as though supernatural provision is coming, not spend it foolishly, start investing it in. Whatever it is that, you, that God is saying, I've appointed you for this new season, start doing something to step in and live for that. So the question is, well, what has Jesus appointed me to do? What has Jesus appointed you to do? And you might have had a prophetic word. You might have a sense that God is calling you to something and it is so massive and I fully get that. But the question is, then Lord, what's the next step for me? What's the next step for me tomorrow and the next day? What can I start to activate by action? What can I start to learn into so I can start to have a different understanding, a different mindset? Amen? All right. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. We're going to activate things. We're going to pray and we're going to have some time afterwards as well, where if you feel like, I actually don't. I'm not even sure what God has for me in this new season. I'm not even sure what the what God has appointed me to do for my life. We're going to pray into that. Just have some time where you can come forward. And our ministry team will just start, just pray and prophesy and just start to speak um, into those sorts of things. Uh, There's a couple of scriptures, um, so we're going to do that afterwards, but I want to pray an activation over you. Okay? So I want to actually pray, uh, and through what we call it, through, through the laying on of hands. So we just pray for people. It's uh, just something that the Bible encourages us to do. So there's a couple of scriptures. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, uh, this is uh, the Apostle Paul saying, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. And there's also Romans chapter one verse eleven, and Paul says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. In both of those scriptures, the word for gift is the word charisma, which is the word grace. So charis is the word grace, that's the root word for it. So when you read gift, oftentimes, we can think about a gift almost as like a a separate thing that God gives to us that's over here. A grace is the empowering presence of God. So Paul is saying, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the empowering presence of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For I long to see that I may impart to you some spiritual empowerment from the Father... To strengthen you. So when we talk about the laying on of hands, it's simply stirring up grace in you. What does grace enable? Grace enables you to walk in the destiny that God has for your life. That's what grace activates, okay? It's the power of God to move you forward. I've taught on it before. I probably need to teach on it again. The doctrine of grace that's prevalent in the modern evangelical church to me is just a very, very poor interpretation of the word. People understand grace is, oh, that's what covers me when I sin. Mercy covers you when you sin. Grace empowers you to not sin any longer okay so we want the grace of God not to allow me to stay stuck where I am but it's actually the thing that pulls me out of where I am and activates me into that new place amen all right and going to play we're just going to dwell we're just going to let the Holy Spirit start to stir things in our hearts but we just invite your Holy Spirit to stir from within us to stir from within us Lord What have you appointed us to do, Lord? We want to know the appointment, Lord. We're excited for an upgrade, Lord, but we we just want to know what is it that you are calling us to step into, Lord? What's the next step for us? come Holy Spirit, would you just stir up within people, Lord? Start stirring up excitement, Lord. Stirring up excitement. You're doing a good thing, Lord. You're doing a good thing, Holy Spirit. You're doing a good thing in us, Lord, even if we're in the midst of that separation time, Lord, on the threshing floor. You are there. You are the one who is doing the threshing, Lord. So you are gentle and you are kind and you are precise and you're doing all of these things because you love us, because you've called us, because you've appointed us and you're wanting to send us out to fulfill the destiny, Lord, not for our sake, but first and foremost for your sake, Lord, for your name's sake, that your glory would cover the earth, Lord. But your glory covers the earth as we go from glory to glory and we go out into the earth but we thank you Lord that when you appoint us you anoint us Lord that there is an anointing available to us if we imagine like that the oil Lord that that enables us to do what you've called us to do that grace Lord that the Apostle Paul speaks about that comes through the laying on of hands Lord We need Your grace, Lord. We need Your power. When we look at at where You're leading us, we're like, God, we cannot do it on our own. And You know that we cannot do it on our own, which is why You promised You would never leave us or forsake us. It's why You came and You made Your home in us, Holy Spirit. But we want to live as though the very presence of God dwells in us. We want to live as though the very presence of God dwells in us. So I just want to invite you to come forward if you if you're wanting a fresh impartation of grace for this next season. We're just going to go around and lay hands on you and just pray an impartation of grace. You might feel something, you might feel nothing. You might fall down, you might stay standing. We're not interested in that. Even for me when I was first baptized in the Holy Spirit, I traveled everywhere that I could just to be in places where there were apostolic leaders that could pray for me and time after time I felt nothing but every time I knew that by faith I was receiving what the Lord had for me even though I didn't have tingles and jitters and 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 laughter I knew that the Lord was imparting grace to me because we all need grace for the journey we all need grace we need grace in the threshing we need grace in the crossing over we need grace in the activating of the up Why don't you come forward if you want just a fresh impartation of grace. Be real simple as we pray for you. So just our senior team is gonna pray an impartation over you.
3: The other, we step in to all you have. Oh, one step in front of the other, we step over. Oh, no turning back. Oh, there's no turning back. No turning back, no turning back. So, with one foot in front of the other, we step in. Step over. There's no turning back. There's no turning back. There's no turning back. There's no turning back. There's no turning back We've come too far
2: front mats just so we know who you are and our ministry team would love just to pray and prophesy over you if not please stick around have some morning tea get to know someone new bless you guys see you soon and don't forget life
4: hubs